With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello! Welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig. I'm joined today by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Evening, bitches. Oh, okay. Nice. Bold. Bold. Bold start. Yep. You are from the streets. I am, am, of course, from the (laughs) cul-de-sacs. So, uh, it happened. After three, four, five months of predicting every week, 1-1. The first week, I didn't predict 1-1. It was 1-1. One, one. I told what, you it would happen. I know. That's why you should never change your lottery numbers. Um, but that's uh, fantastic. <coughs> Hats off to Brian Gardner, a Newcastle, Newcastle Natter follower on Twitter and listener, I assume, who uh, predicted that we would stay up. Well, that's not assured yet, so hopefully he's all right on that. But he predicted it would be 1-1. One, one with a miracle goal by Perez. It was a miracle in the fact that it was a goal that provided points. <laughs> yeah, it felt <laughs> miraculous. Or a point, yeah. And a good goal. It was a, a very goal. good goal. I mean, a result of a poor free kick. That wasn't like a free kick routine, was it? That was just a shit delivery, right? Well, did you... Because if you watch it carefully, the, um, the West Brom defender stands on Jose Perez's foot and I think it's mentioned I think it was um, Goals on Sunday that mentioned it so he stands on the foot so what Perez is supposed to be doing is running through right. but because um, I can't remember who, who it was like Font just for the sake of argument because he, he stands on the foot Perez has to like move away from goal like to get his foot free and as he gets his foot free he realises that the, the defensive line and the rest the, the forwards have moved towards the goal and he suddenly got like five yards of space all around him so at that point Taylor changes the because it was just going to be the standard to the far the post back the Williamson back header. post header the, six, the uh, successful <laughs> just been yeah. so successful has and, that led and he to just a goal? Uh, yeah. didn't Remy score from a corner where that basically uh, happened, but well, so that's a player who hasn't been with us for eighteen. Exactly. Months, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't that, I think it happened once in a training session in two thousand and five. Yeah. But cr- 
credit to Perez. That is a fantastic first touch. Yeah. Great finish and a happy celebration. So you're saying, so um, Ryan Taylor deliberately delivered it to Perez? Yeah, it was a. It wasn't. It wasn't the best ball to Perez because it was still dinked instead of being drilled. And I think it was like a last minute. Oh shit, he's in lots of space. Well, in that, yeah. if that's the case, then hats off to Ryan Taylor for the quick decision. Hats yeah. off to Perez for the classy finish, and hats off to the West Brom defender for standing <laughs> on his toe. Yeah, and to Dave for summing it up for us. Thanks, Paul. Um, yes, you. Didn't see the game, you saw the highlights. I had to see the highlights, yes. Um, I should probably fess up now. We None of us saw the game. None of us saw it live. We all saw the highlights. This, that's, yeah. that's, our, that's our standout, that's our unique thing as a Newcastle <laughs> podcast. There's so many Newcastle podcasts out there yeah. that we're trying to find a unique uh, like angle. A genuine analysis based on what they oh, saw. And our angle is that, yeah, our USP is that none of us watch the game. In, in, in my defence, I was... At Wembley, with nine and a half thousand other people watching North Shields beat Glossop North End in the FA Vars and celebrating like lunatic, like I mean, there were Blythe Spartans fans there, there yeah. were North Shields fans there, there were Newcastle fans there, uh, all singing and dancing, all singing. It was a much better way to spend the evening than well, the afternoon than, yeah. than sitting watching um, Jeff Stelling and the lads tell me just how terrible we are. Brilliant. I think if a Newcastle fan there. gets the chance to go to Wembley, you have Gotta to take, take it. Well, yeah. that's, that's my first Wembley. That was my first Wembley trip. Uh, I'm, I'm so you've never been to an England game at Wembley? Either. Not the new one, no. I, no. I went to the old ones. I was at the Chelsea semi-final. The 2-1 oh my God, loss. Yeah. Yeah. I still really enjoyed that game, even though it was heartbreaking. Do you know we what? would have it won was, the cup that year. Exactly. It was because we attacked the cup that time. Yeah. And it was Shearer and Lee and Robson and... It was, yeah. Oh, never mind. So, well, well, there you yeah. go. You got to go to Wembley, and they won as well. North yeah. Shields. Yeah, we did. They Brilliant. Did. We did. <laughs> we did. We all did. Yeah. Yeah. And well even done, though guys. we didn't watch the game live, I don't want to sound too much like John Carver, but I think we're still the best in the world to comment on it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> regardless of any talent or yeah. skill. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was quickly after. Uh, we recorded the podcast last week. Um, international followers of Newcastle might not have picked up on this. I imagine you did. But yeah, Newcastle, uh, uh, John Carver has announced himself as the, the best uh, coach in the Premier League. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Who knew? <laughs> he, he could sit in a toilet stall and he wouldn't be the best coach in the room. He's, he's, no. he's just shit. And he's deluded, and I, I mean, he must get his PR in his, from Pardew. Yeah, in his defence... Go on. This is going to be, have to be a hell of a defence. No, um, it's definitely not the case. I'm not about to <laughs> stake an argument for why he's the best coach <laughs> in the Premier League. I, what I'm saying is, I think I vaguely get what he was trying to say. Okay. I think he was basically saying... He's a bad communicator... But I think he was saying something along the lines of, I think I'm supposed to be confident. So, I mean, I think... Because he says, I think I'm the best coach in the Premier League. And that's what I think. And I'm supposed to think that. Or, is it, or he says, I'm allowed to think that. <laughs> he doesn't come think, out of it well. And I, but I think he's trying to, like, G himself up. It's like... 
It's like he's just, he's just come from the mirror <laughs> where every mo- you're the best coach in the league. You're the best coach in the league. Well, yeah. he, I mean, you're bang on because there was a clarification that he released a couple of days later saying that whenever he gets onto the, the, the course, he thinks he's the best golfer that's playing at the time. He, he, that, that's how he sets his mind up is to approach it like, no, I am going to win because I am the best. I am the best. So you are right in that's what he's thinking. But you, you nailed it in the first thing that you said, which is you don't think he's a good communicator. Yeah. He's a fucking coach. That's what he should be. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's worrying as well that he approaches it like a sort of six-year-old. Like, I'm playing cops and robbers. I'm the best cop in the world. You're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> meant to grow out of that sort of yeah. stuff quite young. Oh, Jesus. But... Yes. You know, he's but, he's he's on um, he's on top form now. He's he got a is point. a resounding success for the Make a Wish Foundation. <laughs> yeah. Put him in charge of our club. Oh, he, um, I mean, but it was a vital, vital point because it was yeah. a big deal. Because getting points now doesn't seem as difficult as if as it was before the West Brom game. Like West Brom, people were saying, we'll not get another point this season. And, and now I was one of those people. And you were. But I, I would put it to you that you would now look at QPR and West Ham off the back of that West Brom result and go, well, we might get a point between the two or we might get three points against. You Especially know what I'm saying? after like, QPR losing 6-0. Yeah. You kind of feel now, if we can't get points from those, we really, really deserve, deserve to go down. To go and it, well, wasn't just the, it wasn't just the... The defeat, sorry, it wasn't just the defeat, it was the manner of the defeat. This was their last chance. They had to get something from the game. Mm. Like, I, I'm not sure that a point would have been enough, but I think I think a point was enough. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But my, they didn't, even from the first minute, they weren't up for it. And you could see that uh, when the first goal went in, sorry, the I'm heads lost. dropped. Who are we talking about now? QPR. QPR, QPR right. When QPR, when the, when the first goal went in, they just gave up and you could see it and the, the old stalwarts that they've got aren't enough to keep the, the mercenaries and the frankly not good enoughs in the Premier League. Didn't Man City send them down last time? No. Down. No, 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 no. Did, wasn't it? When they Joey stayed, Barton no, got sent off. No, they stayed up on goal difference. Wow. Well, that was when I'm Man City then. won the league, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah that, that, that was Aguero. Oh, that, that. And they stayed up that season. QBR, yeah, because it was a big celebration because both teams were happy. Because oh, honestly, that's nice. But they stayed up on goal difference. I expect basically. they all went down the gay village. I went. Um, oh, there's a little story. Because <laughs> he was in Manchester. Because he was in Manchester. There's right. a little tangent. Uh, many years ago, I was a student in Manchester, yeah. and uh, Man City. And here's an example of how far that club has come. Hmm. Man City had won the playoff final to take them up from what is now League One into to the, the, cha- yeah, into the championship. Yeah. So there was big celebrations, and that was on a Sunday. On a, on a Sunday in Manchester at the time, the only place that was open late was the Gay Village. Hmm. So me and my friends were drinking in the Gay Village. And in, like, a really hardcore gay club, there were loads of really <laughs> awkward Man City fans <laughs> wearing the tops. Um, so, yeah. All, all on poppers, I expect. Now, back to the game. Um, oh, yeah. We have at least seen the highlights, and we've uh, read and seen some of the analysis. Hmm. Um, what do we think it was that... that um, did we play better? Than we have been throughout that run. 
Again, I'm going to let Paul answer first. Yeah, go on, Paul. I think we seemed a little more solid. We rode our luck, and they hit the bar. Yeah, they, they hit, well, they hit the post and the bar. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, they did. I think we definitely rode our luck. They I don't had know quite a few is, chances. I don't know if it's me rewriting things, but it feels like we're more secure with Mike Williamson out of the team. Mm. I wonder if that gets across to the other players. I, can, I always forget how long Mike Williamson's been with us. Five years. I mean, he's coming up to. Do you think he'll get a testimonial? No, we do no, another five years. <laughs> no chance. I think he could. No chance. No, no. chance. If we go down, so somebody, lots of people have made this point. If we go down, then we'll have the same defence almost. That brought us back up last time. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. have Taylor so, Williamson, Colaccini. So after Just the need game, to get Danny Simpson back. Um, after the game, after the Leicester game, there was a big uh, f- a player meeting that uh, Carver and all the other coaches were were excluded from, and they had it out. And that reminds me of after the late Norian pre-season game, pro- like just before we we launched into the championship, which season. we were all at. Yeah, right? we were all Se- at yeah. separately. Yeah. And what it sounds to me like, and certainly based on the evidence that I've seen, um, there was a much much better, uh, what do you call it? Like a much better character throughout the team. There was a much better application of effort throughout the team. Yeah. And I think basically, the the more vocal players in the squad have sat down with, even like because Colchini's he's not he's not a captain, but like Domit is apparently a big voice in the team these days, which makes sense. Mm. Local lad, and, Colback well, as local well. lad from Wales, but Colback um, and. Gutierrez and a few of the others have sat down with the rest of the team and basically bollocked them. And I wouldn't be surprised if players like Domit and Colback and Gutierrez were saying to players like Sissoko, Colaccini, um, pull your fingers out. Cause well, I thought Sissoko looks... Well, I thought he looked like he was putting a lot more effort in than he has done for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder whether that was just simply like a self-realisation that... If I... I yeah. You know, my stock as a player has dropped rapidly. Absolutely. Well, this is this is something that they said to the, the the guys in the championship season: is if if you don't put the effort in now, you're not going to get a big move. You're not going to move on to bigger and brighter things. And if you don't want to be here, just go. So the reason that I think we beat West Brom is is simply that that the players realise that they have to work together and they have to drag themselves out of it because two things. One, as soon as they cross the white line, they're the only people who can do it. And two, they're not going to get tactical genius advice from the fucking sidelines, are they? No. So they know that Carver's gone in the summer, so you've It was got a to weird one because we, we still had sort of familiar failings, mm. defending set pieces and crosses, but there didn't seem to be the same level of just standing off yeah. and letting them try and... There's been games recently where it's felt like we've been giving them a training exercise. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to tackle, see if you can get around. I mean, I know we did concede from from a set piece, um, but actually that's the kind of set piece that would undo a lot of defences because the ball was was right and Mm. the the ball was right to deceive our defence and and each of you had to pull back away from goal because the ball is an outswinging ball. And he's pulled away, and then the, the the power that he's got back into it, and the the direction is spot on, and I that's question, that's a brilliant goal. And 
it was very good. I'd question why, because I think it was Ryan Taylor that was marking him. Yeah, why is it Ryan why, Taylor not? Yeah, and each be always scores against us yeah. and is huge. And Ryan Taylor I think it's just a lack of options. For about our last eight goals. Because we don't have tall striker, um, mm. like, well, Riviere, I suppose, but. Um, Sorry, did you just. Describe Riviera as a top striker. Tall. Tall. Sorry. Tall. Okay, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> um, so you've got Colacini and Domit. Um, traditionally, will like, you'll t- take the your two defend your two centre halves and uh, and your centre forward will go up against their two centre halves and mm. centre forward in some kind of you know in some fashion. But but I think as he's their biggest threat, you kind of think stick Domit or Colacini. Yeah. But then then you leave the two centre halves. I'd rather leave a centre-half yeah. than a, stri- me, me too. a big, powerful striker. Yeah, me though. too. But I don't know what they could have done better. I mean, obviously, a top-class yeah. defender would have, I don't know, read the flight of the ball a bit better or maybe just muscled Anna Chaby. So but at least it wasn't... Better. There's been a few recently where you just think, why is Cruel not coming, coming out? For, yeah. Bearing in mind how short a lot of our defence is, mm. you Con- think, come out and punch it. But you, do, you, but you don't, you don't often look like stupid if you come out to punch it and... The, the ball hits the back of the net. I think if if the ball goes past you, if you're on the line, it doesn't look as much your fault yeah. as if you come and try and claim it and miss. And I think that's I think part of it is. But one of those approaches is better for the team, and one's better yes. for Tim Krul. And, and he's gone the Tim Krul way. Yeah, good but then, point. Well, but made. then he's yeah. off in the no, summer I, probably. I was going to say that as well. I think I think everybody's playing for future transfers and yeah. Uh, Colaccini gave an interview after the game. <laughs> yeah. I'd Which, never heard him speak before that. No, I don't remember if I've heard him speak. Sort of voice. His voice is kind of what you'd expect. Yeah. Maybe a little bit deeper. Yeah, I was. I was going to say that I expected him to have a, a slightly higher pitched voice. It's oh, the curly ex- hair. Oh, I was going to ex- say I expect maybe him to have a deeper voice than. No, I was thinking a little bit higher pitched. Well, I guess he met us halfway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My name's Jeff. <laughs> I think you expect it a bit wackier. I don't know. What? Tend to base <laughs> just because of the hair. <laughs> It'd be good if it was exactly like Charlie Nicholas's. Charlie Nicholas. Chance. So, yeah, I mean, bearing in mind, we didn't. All of us didn't see the game. I don't know how much more. That, I, I was trying to watch it, mm. and uh, my feed was just. I couldn't get the feed to work, and then. And then I had to leave the house because I went to watch uh, Alan Pardew's Crystal Palace. Ah. Yeah. yeah, I was offered a ticket for Palace versus four Man in United. A row now? They've lost. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. But they um, they did they put in quite a good performance against Man U. I was surrounded by a lot of people singing Alan Pardew's Red and Blue Army and Super Alan Pardew and. Yeah. See, see, you don't see this, listeners, but he's looking directly into my eyes <laughs> as he says this. As if yeah. it's going to wind me up. Yeah. Four in a row. Almost like that's what he does, because he's not a very good manager, and I'll be proven right. Well, it's a, all I'll say is it's, um, it's, it's worth going to Selhurst Park, though. It's quite a, I really like that stadium. It's a really nice game. It's, a really, it's so fun being an away fan there. And it's got yeah. a, yeah, just a really good atmosphere I was in the stand where they get mighty feisty mm. and uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's how they describe themselves hey boys who fancies <laughs> getting mighty feisty today for the was, footy was this before or after you went to the gay village 
No, it Building was, a uh, picture. Yeah. It was good. And a, a great free kick from uh, Jason Punchin. Yeah. He's an underrated player, I think. No, well, he's like He's, he's a bit like inconsistent. But I, well, stick with me on this. He's like on. Milner in that a lot of people say that he's underrated to the point that I think he's, he's just rated. Like, fair enough. That's pe- a fair call. But he's, he, he's got a good foot. <laughs> Left foot. I was right, I didn't win. <laughs> Moving on from Jason Punchin. Right, okay. So, um, let's uh, address the running, I guess. Um, you have been consistently confident, Dave, yep. that we're not going to go down. Yes. Um, when Sunderland beat Everton 2-0 mm-hmm. yeah. in the early game on Saturday, that dented your confidence, did it? Yes, yeah. Yeah, it really to, did. Right? Yeah, 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 of course. I think, was I not, did you not say something to me on Twitter? I did, yeah. yeah. Just to poke the bear. Um, yeah, of course it did, because my confidence... Was this in the gay village? Yeah. Poking the bear? Um, my <laughs> confidence stems from looking at, looking at the games and thinking, right, what's the most likely outcome of that game? And the most likely outcome of that game was definitely not Sunderland winning 2-0. Yeah, but this is my point, and this is why all your predictions... Yeah. ...are... Built on a house of cards. It's it's once you get to the end, one football by its nature is unpredictable, right? No, Over the no. All right, sorry. Okay, okay. Sorry, do you just dispute the sentence that football is unpredictable? Yes, football's predictable. <laughs> not it's it's no. So football is not unpredictable. You can't predict it. Everybody predicted. Predict- everybody predicted at the beginning of the season that Chelsea were going to win the title. And they did so quite comfortably. Everybody predicted at the beginning of the season that Arsenal were going to finish in the Champions League. And it looks likely that they're going to do that. Everybody predicted that, um, oh God, Burnley were going to struggle. were going to go down. Some people did, yes. Yeah, well done, Paul. Plenty of people predicted that Southampton would go down. So my point is that parts of it, like the the average game to game, yeah, sometimes there are things that you do not predict and cannot predict. However, making it unpredictable, lot, surely. No, because you can <laughs> predict other things, and you can predict more things right than you do than there are the. But that's like saying if you've got a jacket and you've been out in the rain and it's mostly dry, but it's, some of it's wet. It's like saying it's dry. Because no, no, it's mostly no, 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 because because the, the fact statement... that some of it's unpredictable makes all of it unpredictable. No, it's no, 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 because surely it's, no, 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 because that's not how it works. Because the, the, these things are uh, they're not mutually exclusive. So you can have something that is, like, on the whole, it's predictable, but there are occasions oh, where we're going it's going down an existential rabbit hole here. Sorry. Now... <laughs> Sorry, my point. On. No, that's all right. <laughs> my point is that, like, it's the end of the season. Yeah. Results always start getting weird. And I don't know... I'm, I, I don't know why you were surprised that Sunderland beat Everton away. Like, well, because... Yeah. If, I could, there's I'm teams sorry. you don't want to be relying on at the end of the season with nothing exactly. to play for. Yeah. Yeah. My question would be, do you think we're in a better or worse position than we were before this weekend? Because we've got a point over Hull now, but we've lost the safety net of both Leicester and Sunderland. Yeah. Statistically, we're in a worse position. Because yeah. Sunderland are... Um, Sunderland, I think... They've got a point on us. They've got a point on us. And they've and got the... the, the Goal, like difference. goal difference. Although it's only going to take a hammering from Arsenal to get that. And they've, yeah. 
They've still got a game in hand. Because I can't tell if I'm more optimistic or not. We got a point more that optimistic. I didn't think we'd get. Yeah. But then I thought Everton would at least draw with Sunderland. I thought they'd win. And you, you and I thought expected. the Leicester yeah. wheels would have to come off soon. I think it's between us and Hull. But let's go through it now. So we've got coming up QPR mm-hmm. and West Ham. Yeah. Okay, so the obvious point to make is that QPR are already down. Yes. I would add to that, though, that I think when teams are already down quite often, they, this they, is they the do problem, quite well. This is the problem with following any football team and trying to predict results. If QPR weren't already down, we'd be saying the opposite. Like yeah, They're yeah. going to have something yeah, to play yeah, for, yeah. so it's yeah. the worst time to play them. But then when it's the other way, and your brain immediately goes pessimistic. This will be their last home game of the season, I think. Yes. Their home record's so, not been too bad. And uh, we are... Their home record's the worst in the league. Is it? Well, their away record's definitely the worst in the league, so I can't imagine that their home record is. I think the home, home is where they've got most of their points. Yeah, and, and also, it's still terrible. Home is where the heart is. Um, what I would... Because a lot of people say, well, it's their final game, so they'll be playing for pride. Those players haven't shown a scrap of pride all season. And again, in their game against Man City, where they did have something to play for, as soon as the first, like when when Burnley have nothing to play for, because they've been playing with pride and passion and character all season, when they do come up against Hull, who are scrapping for their lives, they can get the result. Yeah. Whereas if, it, say for example, we were playing against Burnley, I wouldn't be as confident as getting a point as we are against QPR. Not because QPR are a worse footballing side, because I don't think they are. I think Burnley, I think QPR have got the players in there. They just don't care. You get the feeling that's a fair that, point. That's a fair point. I think the QPR players all feel like they're they're already on the phone to their agents. Yeah. Looking at next season, and it doesn't help when Joey Barton and I don't know if the listeners have seen it, but Joey Barton said uh, that. There are some bad eggs in the in the in the dressing room, and it's slightly ironic coming from Joey. Yeah. Stab your eye with a cigarette, Barton. But he's, he's it was a cigar actually. But carry on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that does make it better. Um, it's he's a he's he's picking apart at the already fractured side. Yeah. And, and the the only players who do care enough aren't good enough to drag him out, like Rob Green. Poor bastard. Like, I think he's an average keeper, but he's been, like, he's been relegated three, side, three times. He's been relegated a lot, but he's, he's been one of their better players this Exactly. And, and that often happens with the team down the bottom that the, the keeper looks better than perhaps Just because of is. volume Just of shots, yeah. yeah. But QPR what? are terrible. Here's a little question I'm trying to find the answer for. Okay. When was the last time we won in London? We never win in London. Did we beat Spurs? Uh, we win in Spurs? London about yeah, once. Yeah, we beat Spurs. Yeah, we beat Spurs. That's right. <laughs> we drew with Palace. We drew Palace. Yeah. We, we beat lost Palace. Chelsea. We beat Palace Didn't last beat, season. Was it Chelsea that we beat? Was it this season we beat them away or last season? We beat them at home this season. Yeah. Oh, was it? Was it not? Um, when did Cisse score that? Oh, was that last, was the last, end of the. That was the where season. We finished fifth. Yeah, 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 yeah you're, right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. So we've re- we very <laughs> rare. I would say we we play a lot of games in London. There are a lot of London games, mm. and we very rarely win them. I think that's more to do with the average standard of the the London clubs than it is to do with the geography. Because if you look at, no, you've got do. Chelsea, Arsenal, and Spurs, who are traditionally 
at the very least going for top five spots. And we played West Ham this season when they were in amazing yeah. form. Yeah. So I, I, I take your point. Yes, uh, we back in the back in the day. I mean, when Robson took over, we hadn't won in London for for years. But um, these days, I don't think it's as big an issue. I think and with also, travel as well, it doesn't really. It's less of a concern these days. I think specifying London it's more it's a coincidence I think, yeah if we yeah, lose yeah. in London for a long spell now okay and then we've got uh, West Ham West Ham at home yeah and their season's basically over as well right yeah, yeah but absolutely. Allardyce is going to be if there's a chance that that sends us down he, he would love to desperate. send us down right? yeah but I wouldn't want to be relying on that game no no no, no. and that's a point that I made um, I was making notes before the, the, the podcast that um, it's Leicester, Leicester could actually help us out because Leicester could beat Sunderland because they don't want to leave it to the last game. Where who do they play on the last game? I've written it down. I'm sure. Who do Leicester play yeah, on the yeah, last yeah. game? I don't know, mate. Sorry. I'm sure I wrote it down on the bottom. Right? Can you find it for me? Yeah, two seconds. Sorry right, about guys. this, listeners. Sorry, guys. We're just going through the notes. It's like listening to Five Live, isn't it? Uh, QPR. So Leicester have got QPR on their final day, and I don't think that Leicester would want to leave it. Till the last game, uh, especially when they've been on the, the ref, you know, phenomenal run that they're on, so they mm. could take points from Sunderland. So, say for example, we draw with, um, if we draw with draw if we draw with QPR, and then Sunderland have got Arsenal and Chelsea both away. Chelsea, it's their final game of the season. At you know at Stamford Bridge, I can't see Sunderland getting any points there. Honestly. I don't think Sunderland are going to get another point. So if we get a point against QPR, we've then got to get a point or better against West Ham. Yeah. And, and we're, we're finishing above I think Sunderland. having seen the highlights of the Sunderland-Everton game as well, it's not, it's not like with Leicester where you think mm. these guys are really up for it and yeah. they could surprise some teams. They were so they lucky. Just, they fluked two oh goals and Everton just couldn't finish. A yeah. couple of points for you sure. to counteract what you've just said. Sunderland, they're playing Arsenal away yeah. in their penultimate game. Yes. Arsenal just lost to Swansea at home. Yes. Arsenal need so points. They yeah. need points. So, yeah, you could play that one of two ways. But, you know, they're not. They're certainly not uh, on stonking form at home right now. And Hull, who I think, I think it's between us and Hull yeah, that's for that final relegation spot. And they've got um, Spurs, who are on really bad form. Yeah. Oh, Spurs do need points, yeah. but they're not getting them. They're okay. on really bad form. Well, it's, it's tough with Spurs because I, th- there is the accusation, and it's not one that I subscribe to, for, particularly for legal reasons, but that they desperately don't want to be in the Europa League. That is a great point as well. So, for all I am confident that we will get out of it, I think it's better if we if we ignore the position of everybody else, and if we get if we get four points, we're safe. Yeah, because yeah, I can't yeah. see the other teams. I don't feel getting... comfortable relying on Spurs beating anyone at the moment. No, no. Yeah. Who else are Hull playing? Uh, Man United. They've got Man United at home. Man United are going for third. Man United without Carrick though. It's yeah, a very still, different I, team. It's Hull. Uh, Bruce's Bruce's Bruce's. Um, uh, record against the top clubs is appalling. 
Bruce's record against Man U historically is terrible. It's terrible. They they literally refer to any game that they're playing a a Steve Bruce side as the Brucey bonus. Right, okay. Because they're going to get points. And also because that's quite an easy joke to make. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good joke, (laughs) do you know what I mean? So, so, uh, I mean, I saw Man United on Saturday, obviously. They were very lucky to win that game. They, 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 they weren't looking great. Well, that's interesting because I watched the highlights, and this could be an indication of how the editing can make you look amazing. But I would say that Ashley Young looked really good uh, against the the Crystal Palace right back, like really good. Uh, Fellaini looked all right, and I don't know. They didn't look really troubled. They had obviously. I was, you know, I was. In uh, surrounded well, by a bias, and, mm. but it was uh, over the course of the ninety minutes. The referee did not help Palace out much at all. Manu had a lot of possession, but they didn't look. <laughs> they didn't look very uh, formidable. Mm. I think the reassuring thing going into these last two games is that Hull couldn't get anything against Burnley. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's the only comfort that came out yeah. this week. And the fact that we were able to pick up a point in what was probably the hardest of our three remaining games. It suddenly yeah. made me a little more optimistic. Because last week I thought we were down. Hmm. Well, Here's before another. It's so interesting because so the weekend when, when the results were unfolding, when Perez, sorry, when um, Anichibi's goal went in, at that point... Uh, Jay, um, you know James, who came on the Arsenal fan, he sent me a message like, "Are you are you still as confident?" And I was like, "No, no, I think I think we might be in trouble now." Yeah. And then Perez scored. I was like, "We're staying up. We're definitely staying up." If you could only have one manager between in in this kind of a tight running, okay, it was between three teams. Three teams, yeah. Would you have Steve Bruce? Dick Advocat or John Carver? <laughs> oh, I, honestly, I think Advocat. Yeah, but I think it would be easier to play uh, Shag Mary Kill with those. Three. <laughs> yeah. My point is, yeah, John Carver is not going to win that. My retort is, John Carver had nothing to do with this result. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. I know you mean it feels like when we had the, the sort of players committee under Hooten. Yeah. Hooten sent them out with a rough idea and he took the coaching and all the rest of it, but on the pitch, they were taking their direction from Nolan, from Barton, from, um, I don't know, all the others. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully the players will pull us out of it. Or yeah. not hopefully, depending on what your opinion is on whether it be uh, better for I think if you look at the Football 11... in general, if we went down. If you look at the mm-hmm. 11 we can put together, I think with Yanmar coming back, yeah. hopefully Dummett doesn't get pushed out to the left and we keep... Like, Williamson's still got another game suspension, which yeah. is a positive going into the QPR game. <laughs> Anita at right back was mm. very good. Was, but I think... Oh, was, tempt- it, was it... Anita- it was Gutierrez at left back, Anita at right back. I thought... It was, oh, well, in that case... Because I thought... Gutierrez was playing wide left. Uh, I think like possibly later in the game, but it started definitely. Mm. Anita was right back for the whole game. And okay. Well, the information I got was wrong then. Oh, God. Yeah. So, um, all right then. Uh, give me a one word answer 
us now with two game two games to go for us. Give me a one word answer, down or up. Dave? Up. Paul. <laughs> I change every couple of hours on this. Well I'm, I'd le- I'm leaning towards up. Yeah, me too. I'm on up. Um, we're all on uppers. It's like being back in the gay village and <laughs> But we've we've been in denial all season. Okay. So. And now here's your here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. What percentage are you do you reckon we're gonna stay up? In other words, like how yeah. percentage are you sure? Sure. Uh, I would say seventy five. Seventy five. Fifty one. Fifty one. I was gonna say I'm sixty forty. I'm sixty forty. So Dave, as usual, the the most confident. Mm. Uh, well, we'll see. We will see. There's no way of proving which, whose percentage was correct. <laughs> I guess that's on how close it goes to the wire. Um, Dave, anything else? Any other news to talk about? Um, just to make people aware that there's, a, uh, there's an interesting article in the, the Chronicle. It's written by um, a guy called, uh, I think his name's Mitch, but he's, um, he's on Twitter as at Geordie Dentist. Uh, he's out in Dubai and he just he gives his opinions on um, what it what it's like being an expat, what, like a, a view from outside of the the, the protests. He, he he touches on like um, it's interesting that the own, like potential owners over there may be put off by what they've misconstrued as like militancy because of the fans protesting yeah. against the owner and it, it, yeah. it could be misconstrued and while it was in the best intentions because of the geopolitical situation there oh the, literally mili- militants yeah the, the, no no they're like they're put off because they see any because they're, they're put off by um, they look at things like the Arab Spring and they see any great uprising by people as quite it's an unsafe investment so mm. they wouldn't want to do it would you want to wow, be owned by Dubai uh, if it's the Dubai that owns um, uh, Man City, yeah, sure. If it's the, you're talking about morals here, aren't you, Paul? Well, not just the, the thing with Man City. Regardless of who the buyer is, there's something about that coming in and just buying who you want. It feels like starting football manager yeah. with a shit ton of money. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel like you've earned it. Yeah, I worry. I think there's a lot of Man City fans who are probably happier in League One than they are now. Uh, I think they'll be in the minority. I think. Well, it. But I think if I was, if it happened to Newcastle, I'd be in that minority as well. I think. I, th- I would I think love it's to see because... Newcastle win or something. Yeah, I would that's... love that just for a bit. I know what you mean. I think. I think the the trouble is if we were owned by someone like I, I don't know if we were owned by Steve Gibson who owns Middlesbrough, we'd be like, no, absolutely not. We don't want that because he's a he's a good owner and he's always got the best in the mm. club and he's obviously sunk a lot of money into the club. But Do you know what? It, I'm talking out my ass. We're owned by Storts Direct and sponsored by exactly, Wanger. Exactly. So um, it can't be any worse. This, the, yeah. You, you, it's hard to shelve your um, your your morals when it when it's not immediately happening. But I guarantee, if if we were bought out by a Sheikh Mansour type of of owner and we started lifting Premier League titles and FA Cups and stuff like that, we wouldn't be crying for the old days when. No. But it's like the uh, when you see Man City fans who are just massively cocky oh, about did, the state their club's in. Did you see them giving it large to the QPR fans? When, no. Oh, it was just like have a have a think. Like the only reason you are where you are is because of the 
literally billion that's been put into your club. Yeah. Like, just... It means nothing. It, I do, I mean, enjoy it, but it is amazing how quickly just football bit, fans become yeah. arrogant about yeah. their club. About something that they have nothing to do with. No you've input contrib- to, yeah, yeah. You've got no... If your club has sort of... If you're like Southampton or whatever, you can say, well, if I've been... And you've been a season ticket holder for... 10 years yeah. or Swansea you can say well I've contributed to this yeah. if you're Man City you just you just were lucky right yeah you've got the no reason you've to won the lottery arrogant. that's yeah. all it is yeah, yeah, yeah. against having lottery. earned that money no so um, lots of people have been getting in touch in, in touch on Twitter uh, for which I am eternally grateful uh, Brett Derue uh says that he uh, listens from central New York. Cool. And uh, he started following Newcastle in 2011, which is when he became a football fan. Poor bastard. Yeah, it's an interesting interesting choice. (laughs) Like, why why in 2011? And apparently it was just as simple as the fact that the kits reminded him of Rochester Rhinos, who are a... I'm trying to work out. I think they're a... He must be Soccer kicking himself team. he didn't see Juventus game. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Jeez. Well, it's interesting because the, um, of course, New York City are going to have their, um, they're going to have a derby for the first time in ages because the it's going to be New York City FC versus um, New York Red Bulls, and so they're actually going to have like an intercity competition. Yeah. That's going to be really wow. cool. I think, I think it actually happened. It did might see, have already happened. Did you see that thing on Twitter that weird. New York City were <laughs> handing out oh, song, the song sheets? sheets yeah. The fans. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Never mind. Um, uh, also, uh, Chris at Sugar Wookie, who's, who's uh, a listener from Australia. He was watching at 1 a.m. in Australia after eight defeats. That's commitment. Bloody hell. And uh, also a shout out to Mal Hall, who's been uh, listening whilst jogging, and many others. Uh, so we do appreciate your support. Get in touch at Newcastle Natter. Download the app if you're into that sort of shit. And um, we'll we'll be here next week. Uh, anything else to say? Let's predict predictions for the next. Oh yeah, so QPR away. QPR away. I'm going to say two nil to us. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Dave. Uh, two one to us. Right. You okay. going back to one? I wonder one. what you're going to go for. One one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, though. Would you take one one? We'll never have another one. Well, we're, we're not, we're not going to get it because now Fergus has predicted it, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's screwed. Uh, would I take? Yeah. I, I'd ra- obviously I'd rather more points, but at this stage of the season, every every point away from home is. I've got to say, two yeah. 0 would be amazing. That would two nil at this stage would be like Gold when dust. we beat Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> just remember, they have just lost six nil, and asked, we should have a strong first eleven. Cisse will play some sort of part, mm-hmm. possibly Aaron's, Sissoko, Jan Mars. three good defenders. Yeah, De Jong's out <laughs> for yeah. the rest of the season with another injury. At least it's not another lung. <laughs> you might as well have signed Stephen Hawking. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's like... <laughs> it would make the post-match might well, interviews good. Might as well Long. just get a child. At the end of the day, it was a great game. <laughs> <laughs> was that an impression of, like, 
Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounded a little bit like a Dutch accent as well. He's Dutch, isn't he? Stephen Hawking? <laughs> yeah, famously so. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, uh, that's it. I mean, have I missed anything? No. No. Uh, no. Okay, great. Well, uh, thanks very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.